Welcome to Out of Trouble, a pattern interrupting podcast. Got a little jam. I'm going to go for the bottles with the AK. I'm Nicholas Harder, and um, today's episode, One Nugget. You know, I mentioned at the end of the last season that with this season, I wanted to make more of a concentrated effort to explore my own life by turning my powers of storytelling inward. This episode's going to get back to that. We're going to talk about someone who's very special to me. Please check me out on social media, rate, review me. You can find all sorts of links in the episode description. It's funny watching the bullet casings fly out. Okay, on to the episode. It's funny. You know what's rare in my life? I don't have a lot of bonds with people that seem to transcend time. Like where it doesn't matter if I haven't seen them for years or kept in touch. When I see them again, it's still the same. Like we still get along, we still feel comfortable with each other. We still feel like we can be and are ourselves around each other. Go boom, because we can. Fuck that box. (laughs) Cause I've had friends where we were as tight as friends can possibly be best friends and we still drifted apart somehow. And not really somehow, you know, it's going to college, it's being bad at keeping in touch. It just happens naturally, right? But it is kind of a shame, I think, like a less intense version of getting out of a long-term relationship where, damn, I spent all this time, emotion and energy invested in this one person and for what, you know, it's all gone. Always keep it aimed down range, pull it back, does the same thing. Well. With friends, the nice thing is that it's not all gone, right? You can always go back and rekindle the bond, especially with those special friends. So in this episode, we're traveling back in time, sort of traveling back in my times. We're going to meet my friend, well, more brother, sort of. This is Austin. It's not a sophisticated tool. Austin, how do we know each other? Long, a long toke on the vape. Well, it all started with that girl. <laughs> that damn girl. <sighs> My mother decided that his father was attractive. <coughs> and then we decided to live together for a while. It was rough at first, but then we found our equilibrium. To be fair, two teenage boys going through puberty at the same time, going from their own rooms to sharing a room, that's how you create a fight. Yeah, we fought We fought a fair amount, too. Oh, we probably hit the triple digits. That's- <laughs> Austin and I shared a room together when we were 10, 11, 12. There was definitely a lot of moments of just like staring at each other, panting and being like, I hate you. And then it's like, yeah, I hate you, too. His mom was going out with my dad. And for like three or four years there, we were basically brothers. The root of the problem is we didn't have enough privacy to masturbate. Yeah. That was the root of the problem, and we were pent up, and then there was nothing to do but punch each other, <laughs> like a bunch of caged gorillas. Dude, I just, that reminds One me thing you should know about Austin, he's six foot five and 280 pounds. 
It's something he brings up a lot. I think it's funny because I'm 6'5". <laughs> I was a bouncer for six years and before that I was a lumberjack. Being such a large fellow, I tell people, how would you stop me? And then there's usually a long, silent pause. I'm six foot five. I'm gonna lean up against this door, be 280 pounds, and basically that's that. I'm a large six foot five guy that's fucking two chicks. Like, <laughs> there's gonna be some noises. Right. When we were kids hanging out together in middle school, um, he was already that tall, right? And I was more than a foot shorter than him. So you can imagine we made quite the mismatched pair. He was sort of like my Rick. Theoretically, a well-made bullet can fire in space. Always getting us into wacky adventures, shooting airsoft guns in the woods, catching snakes with our bare hands, playing Dungeons and Dragons with no dice, you count in your head. And I was his Morty, plain little white boy sidekick. Okay, this is harder than it looks, whatever. Is this when we start shouting at each other all the time? Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. And just like Rick and Morty from the show, we, Austin and I, were bonded through family, a tumultuous family. <laughs> the issues were mostly with his mother, just being real, I know he would say the same thing. I haven't spoken with his mom since we were teens, but more significantly, Austin has not spoken with her in years or had a relationship with her since that time either. So he actively avoids her. Do you still keep tabs on her? Uh, I keep tabs of when she enters the state, but besides that, no. When I was a bouncer, she uh, hired a private detective to figure out my phone number, where I lived, and where I worked. Just to try and get in touch with you? Yep, and uh, she tried calling me, and I responded with the usual fuck off and die. Yeah. And then one of her friends texted me and then said she tried to commit suicide and is in the hospital. And I'm like, well, good. Too bad she can't even succeed at that. Like, yeah. grown woman can't figure out how to kill herself and then blames her son. Are you capable of saying briefly why you hate your mom so much? She beat me a bunch and beat a whole bunch of other people around her and... And had you arrested. That was kind of my fault. You're selling weed at her house, right? Yeah. yeah. It, just, well, it doesn't matter. I did the thing right. and I deserve to get in trouble for it. Yeah. Kind of a bitch move to press charges against your own kid, but that's neither here nor there. Because you know she tried to press charges on my dad. And oh, shit. that's her yeah. MO. That, yeah, she okay, doesn't get yeah. what she wants and then she tries to call the cops on him and then the cops look at her record of calling the cops all the fucking time and then they dismiss it. That is pretty much exactly what happened with my dad. Um, after they broke up, she busts in our house one night at like one in the morning and starts throwing heavy objects at him, like at my dad's head. So my dad tells her to leave or he'll call the cops. So she leaves. And then six months later, she files charges against my dad for assault, which were, of course, dropped. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, she also that is almost like, killed a guy yeah. in France. So Jesus. Yeah. No, her boyfriend, she went into one of her rage fits and like almost beat him to death with a chair or some shit. Yeah. She's like super crazy. <laughs> We're gonna have to roll the windows up. No, that's okay. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Oh, okay. No, it doesn't have to be a clean recording, but. I'm out here visiting Austin in Sacramento. It's the first time I've seen him in three or four years. He's taken me out to go shooting. I'm sort of an aspiring gun owner and he's agreed to show me the ropes. So we're in his boiling hot Buick sedan with no AC, Sacramento, summertime. Dried out Golden Hills on either side of the freeway, driving out into the cuts. Um, I mean, what do you want help remembering? It's funny because 
I'm visiting Austin ostensibly to go shooting, right? But also I'm visiting Austin because I'm trying to tell my, my story and Austin in one way or another, I know is an important character. So I came out to visit him, but before I can get into any meta questions about the character that he is in my life, Austin asks me to help him remember. Is there actual like large periods of your life that you just don't remember at all? Uh, basically everything pre-fifth grade is completely gone. Austin's had 16 concussions and blacked out many a many a time, and he's worried that he doesn't really remember himself. What's your earliest memory? Shooting guns when I was about in fifth grade. Which is about when we met, too. Yup. So you're wondering how not remembering all this stuff affects your identity? Yeah, like, who was I before all the concussions? Would that person like who I am now? Should I even care what that person thinks? These are all deep philosophical questions. And I get this questioning, right? Like, I often feel like if my 10 years ago self, my 15-year-old self met myself now, my 15-year-old self would be freaked out, or at the very least, like, very, very confused. Um, I'm a lot more intense and out there than I used to be, I think. But with Austin, I asked him, like, do you think your past self would be confused by your current self? I would feel that until I looked into my own eyes. Because I could always identify through eyes. I could see it in your dad's eyes when he was talking about how fucking batshit crazy my mom was. So when you look at me, do I seem the same to you? No, you're different. The the core is still there, but it's nugged over with new stuff because duh, life. What's different? We're calmer, way calmer. Oh my God, you picking up pot smoking has been so nice. It's funny that Austin would mention that my pot smoking has chilled me out as if that were something that happened recently. It's not. It actually happened shortly after Austin moved out of my dad's house. Yeah. Probably partly because you moved out and that shit was all crazy and like, yeah. Yeah, see, I was like, I had started smoking about two years before that because, you know, I was a little closer to the crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, try I'm, I'm trying to think. I'm thinking about how I can give Austin the same kind of reflection that he just gave me. We haven't really spent much time together yet today or in general. Haven't seen each other for a number of years. Yeah. You seem pretty, like, even just in the little time that I've spent with you thus far, I still feel like I know you, you know what I mean? Like, you don't feel different in that way, I guess. Well, because I was, if you also remember, I was never shy about being myself. I mean, do you, do you remember the god-awful fucking outfits I would wear to school? Oh, the ski goggles that you would wear? With tie-dye and camouflage, and I would mix winter camouflage and jungle camouflage? Bruh, legendary. Yeah, Austin used to wear ski goggles to school with, like, tie-dye and weird-colored bandanas, and he was already a huge dude, right? So he really stood out. And it's worth mentioning that at this moment, he's wearing a nice Tommy Bahama green-collared shirt with basketball shorts and flip-flops. And we're going to the gun range. Bruh, legendary. Why do you think Andre still recognizes you when he sees you? I know, but like... Andre's a mutual friend of ours from middle school, and 
Andre spotted Austin while he was working, bouncing one night. He came up and tried to say hi to him. Austin did not remember Andre at all, but Andre definitely recognized Austin. Bruh, legendary. That's why I always kind of feel like I always have the Austin nugget because I don't, there's no hiddenness. It's, it's all just there. <laughs> I love how Austin says nuggets, like someone's core nugget, you know, the thing that makes them them. I think the reason Austin and I still get along, even after so many years, is because at one point we shared nuggets. I mean, we practically were the same nugget. Somehow we got all tied up. So um, it's nearly 3 p.m. now, hottest part of the day. We're still cruising on the freeway, windows down, empty energy drink cans and fast food wrappers scattered around the floor. It's hot. I'm sweating. It's silent, and I'm so grateful to be sitting there in silence with Austin. It feels like home. So how'd you get into recording? Good question. Um, I, well... That was another episode of Out of Trouble. Thank you for listening. I'm Nicholas Harder. Uh, please rate, review me, check out my social media. There's relevant links in the episode description. And next week I'll be back again with Austin. We're going to do a sequel of sorts. So I'll see you then. Thank you.